I am Deborah Abisola, and this is the podcast for the underdogs. My guests and I share our corporate journey as working class professionals, and along the way, we have some fun. Let's get into it, and welcome to Deborah's Corporate Heart Talk. And welcome back to Corporate Hard Talk, everybody. I feel really shy doing this today because I haven't recorded in a very long time. And you know what it is? I must be very, very honest and I must be very organic with you guys. I somehow just felt that I needed a long break from recording. And a very close friend of mine, he messaged me and he said, what are you doing? We need you back on the pod. I said, oh. <laughs> so yeah i'm back again guys um i know before when we finished season four i said i've got season five coming yes it's coming i'm working on it but it'll be later on in the year this episode is about going back to my roots because roots can be anything and roots also can be friendships can be family and my guest today is both a friend and a family and we really just met each other just um from just Back in the day, you know, these are the people that no matter what you become in life, if they see you, they know where you've been coming from and they can always be there for you. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about virtual reality. Now, I'm such a novice. I have no clue about this. And that's the more reason why I think it's important. Our world has become virtual now. (laughs) Um, I'm having to sit down with a very special guest. He is the founder of Printed. Please welcome my guest, Bernie Omalafe. Thank you so much, Deborah. I'm really <laughs> grateful. I'm excited to be here. It's glad to have you back on the pod. Thank you know, you. it's not been the same, you know. <laughs> so welcome back. Thank you. Thank and um, yeah, I'm, I'm very, 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 very pleased to be here with you. You're welcome. And just before we go on, um, you know, I... It, it just feels weird nowadays to just get in and talk to people without talking to them about the pandemic. How have you, how has this pandemic been for you? Has it been a high or a low? How has it been for you? Personally, obviously, it's been, it's been crazy. I lost my dad during the pandemic. Um, it, it's, it's been a, it's been a crazy one on a personal level, but business-wise, it's been a golden opportunity for us. It's enabled us to do what we do. Uh, on, a, on a bigger scale has allowed us to reach out and impact people's lives also allowed us to be able to create a tremendous opportunity that we are creating with um printed so yeah um so it's, it, in, a, in a way it's been a story of opposites because of the personal you know having to endure so much um with regards to loss and so on but on the business level creating opportunities i suppose that's what the pandemic's been for a lot of people Okay, that's good. So just tell us about what you do. So, I mean, for us, um, we we saw an opportunity. Thankfully, we saw this actually before the pandemic. Um, what we saw was just an opportunity to convert 2D content. And when I say 2D, I'm talking about what you see on your screen. So, you know, when you're watching movie, a music video, you know, the way you normally wa- uh, watch it, that's, that's what you call 2D. We've, you know, we figured a way using software and, you know, we had this every day about artificial intelligence. But, yeah, we managed to use that to be able to make it easy for that to convert automatically into uh, augmented and virtual reality experiences. And the difference in that is you as a user, you get to control what you see. You can move around in it. You can um, 
uh, you know, you you choose what you want to look at in the scene. Okay, so to, to tell me about the so it's it's printed, right? Printed, printed. that's correct. What, what does that mean? I, I call it like a derivative. We just uh, we stylized it from the dictionary uh, spelling and meaning of imprinting. Okay. So the logic around imprint, and you know, I think every single definition of imprint applies to us and it's, it's that when printing in your mind what you know we're projecting this to your to your vision and it's also something that's physically printed that can convert to a reality experience whether augmented or virtual um we took it from the dictionary and we just stylized it in a way that is more 2021 let's talk about what you do not a printed but what what is your career because what we love to do here Benny is we love to hear people's journey, right? Mm-hmm. And I I know well, I, love that. Pers- I know Bernie personally, but I want him to I want him to share his story. What is like what was your first job, for instance? I like to talk about the first ever job I took, and that was uh you know those door-to-door salesman. Canvassing, yeah. Yes, I was that guy, I was that guy knocking off his doors and was you good selling ways. I was brilliant at it. I was brilliant I at it. Canvassing. <laughs> I, I was brilliant at canvassing, but I did it for for a very lengthy period of two days. <laughs> <laughs> I did better than you. I think I did a whole summer. Because the way my leg is made up. <laughs> I couldn't. No, because you know you're catching people off guard. You're maybe somebody no, does. I mean, they they they, they get some nookie. You're knocking on the door. Hi, would you do, like to buy? Some- no, I mean, thankfully in my case, we were just knocking on office doors. But the I, I, what actually killed me off completely was not even the job itself. It was the walking around. You know, I'm, I'm one of those flat-footed people that you know, and and anyone who's flat-footed footed would understand the pain and the struggle of having to walk around all day. Like, our legs are not built for that. So, yeah, my legs gave up <laughs> on me. <laughs> so I wasn't able to carry on. So, yeah, eventually, you know, I had to find something else that, you know, I could, I don't have to move around doing. But, yeah, my first approach to the corporate world was um, as a as a business analyst, actually as a web designer, but then I kind of segued into business analysis and I was in there for a while, but then, I felt a lot more fulfilled actually being on, on the side of coding. And yeah, that's what I've you know been doing ever since. Yeah, he's been very modest. He's also a poet. <laughs> I had he's yeah. <laughs> he's been very yeah. modest. But yeah. Okay. That's true, that's true. Check out a book. It's on it's on iBook and it's on um it's on Amazon and you know other channels. Mm, okay. Um so your first job was um canvassing and um you but you, you find yourself doing coding. So you're you're a bit of everything, really, aren't you? I, I mean, in a way, I've I've been fortunate enough to experience from different angles. So I've been fortunate enough to experience uh professionally from the business side and from the technical side as well. So yeah, I would say I have in a way become a bit of everything, but my specialty is still uh, on the technical side of life. Mm. Tell me about your school days. How was that like? School was crazy because you man, shout out any schools from the ends. <laughs> you know what? I would have shouted them out last year, but they've been they've been flagged on Shade Borough for some shady behavior. So I thought I can't shout them out. But our school did produce some of the some of the uh best athletes in the world. Right now, uh shout out to Simeon Panda doing his thing. Shout out to um 
business minds as well. People like Emmanuel Larenwaju, like they're just doing incredible things. Tolak Yinka, to name a few. Like you know, Marcel was like one of the. I think like it's just it's just really birthed a lot of success stories, and you know. So for that reason, I would actually shout the school, St. Columbus in Bexley Heath. You oh, know? St. Columbus. Yeah. I know, I know they didn't mean well, but they did well. <laughs> I think, is that, that's an all-boys school, yeah? It is, yeah. It's all-boys Catholic oh. school, yeah. <laughs> well, school days was interesting for me because I, um, I came to this country um, in year 10, Mm. So I wasn't born there, didn't do my primary school education there. So it was it was a bit of a culture shock. It was a bit of having to adjust. And to make matters worse, I had an American accent. So that didn't sit out well too. Why did you have an people. American accent? Because, you know, I was always around Americans. So that, that you know, just made it uh, a bit crazy. But yeah, school, okay. but school, school was great. I had, a, I had a wonderful experience. Yeah. What was your favorite subject? Funny story, my favorite subject, my favorite subject has always been maths and English, right? Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed history. That was the first time I'd learn history. Mm. And I really uh I really lost myself in it. And um, yeah, uh, thankfully I came out with an, with an A star in history. I love geography as well. So everyone really used to think when I was young, people thought I was gonna be a doctor, but then uh, the older I got, people were like, okay, maybe you study anthropology because of my love of history and geography. So I want to go back into talking about um, Printed, because with Printed, you do music experiences as well, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what so, started. So tell me about the music experience. And what, what's the start to finish or um, how it works? So we, with music for us, and um, I like to shout Stormzy, because the Stormzy video was the first video we ever uploaded to Printed. So yeah, and that kind of opened a lot of um, opportunities for us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let me talk a little bit about music and my experience of music. I remember being in school, going back to school again, especially in sixth form. I would just sit in the class and be writing lyrics. Just, that's just how much I enjoyed the experience of music. Because the you're a poet of, as well. So yeah, exactly. So you know, I was more of a I was more of a musician first before a poet. I think I was just trying to hone my skills by learning creative writing at uni. So that's how much I loved the experience of uh, and the journey that music started and created in me. So my, in a way, I would say my first love has always been music in terms of the creation process. And, um, I've, you know, I always enjoy listening to music. And more important, I, I love watching music, watching videos and, you know, trying to understand the story that, that this um, artist and the director is trying to tell. So, you know, uh, my journey in music was such that I felt like me discovering a way to manipulate this technology, uh, the first thing I would have to apply to is music. And what was interesting as well with that is we wanted to do something that would enable people to watch videos, but also to be able to watch live streams. And music is a perfect example of that. So we love to watch a perform on video, but we always love to watch them perform live as well. Yeah. you know, one of the biggest problems, are, especially as an artist, is you can't be in all places at once. So you're going to have to do a tour. And there are some places your man will be able to reach. And, you know, other people that are there, they still want to experience you. So one of the things that we knew that we had to create as, a, as part of the experience of music was the ability for people to watch a live stream, but make it as realistic as possible. 
make it uh, yeah. a, a, as much of an experience as possible. Let people feel like the dead person that yeah. you know the artist is writing their faces. I love yeah. that. Like like what they did with Michael Jackson, kind of like that's correct. That I think that was more of a hologram, right? Holograms, yeah. yeah. We do we do holograms. We support holograms, but we feel like holograms doesn't give you that immersive element. We want you to feel like this person is right in front of you singing to you. Or rapping to you or dancing so, in front of you. Just you know me, I, I go over the top. So what I'm just thinking, like for me, I love, you know, not well anymore, I love physical events, right? So what sure. what the world that we're going into now, just correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the one that's in charge of this. Um, <laughs> but it, it, imagine um who do I okay, I love Justin Timberlake, yeah. Right. And I could like rent a, like a space, right? Mm. And We've printed or something, plugging Justin Timberlake in Madison Square Garden in this physical event that I'm in and invite all my friends over to have a drink and eat and we can experience that virtual um, event in Madison Square Garden at, at my party or something, yeah? Um, I mean, ultimately, we are trying to get to that point. But where we currently are is it's still a little bit more personal in mm-hmm. that, yes, all your friends can be gathered, and everybody could have their own experience of the same thing, but mm. it's more, what do you want to watch? But it's interesting that you say that because that's one of the reasons why we now support casting the um, the event to, to your TV so everybody can actually yeah. watch okay, it together. I went, I went a step that's ahead. Right. I, was, I'm just trying to think about how we can all enjoy this experience. You know? Absolutely. And that's, yeah. that's why we allow casting it. And when you cast as well, especially with the VR version, you can actually, you, so you, that, you know, maybe you're in control of the experience, you can actually move around and, you know, uh, have your friends see what you want wanted to see and so on. But the logic around it is the same kind of experience you, you'd have in a headset, the same experience that, you know, we want to allow you to have uh, with your TV. And um, that's that's kind of what Printed provides opportunity okay. to do. And is that like a subscription-based um um, model like so do you just download it on your phone and so one of the biggest problems facing artists right now is even though the industry is booming right now they're not really benefiting uh, immensely from it just because of the way the way the music industry is the way the legalese of the music industry is the way revenue is split so we're trying to we're trying to put a lot more power in the hands of the content creator so that they determine how they want you to experience them so they could they could they could create subscription options or they could even make it free and made it ad supported or they could actually even create like a ticketing kind of opportunity for you or they could create a hybrid kind of experience so it's down to the artist uh with okay. regards to how they want to run it so if you want to learn more about printed you need to check out their website and um they're also on clubhouse Bernard. Tell me how you went from having this idea to getting to where you are now, because you're now going for a crowdfunding, right? What brought this on for you? Thank you, Deborah. I love sharing the story. See, I'm like I said to you, I'm a music guy. I'm an experience-based person. I love, I love watching videos, music videos, and also movies. I love getting lost in the moment. I'm one of those people that would go to the cinema by myself just to get just for that escapism, just get lost in the storyline. So I remember um, going to watch um, Avatar. Mm, Avatar, Avatar, yeah. Right? So I'm watching Avatar in 3D and I'm loving this experience. It blew my mind. I was like, 
James Cameron, you're an absolute genius. And I, so guess what I did? I went back nine more times to, to watch it because that's how much I loved it. Now, the thing was, you know, imagine my excitement when they announced that it was going to be 3D TVs. You best believe I was one of the first people to go get one because, you know, I couldn't wait for all these experiences I'm going to have in my living room. So, you know, I bought glasses, I bought multiple glasses so that all my friends that come visit, they could get to watch 3D with me. Yeah. Now, Sky was promising us that sports is going to be in 3D, movies is going to be in 3D. I don't like uh, 3D, we're going to have... I, don't, I don't like uh, Of course, uh, and, uh, let me tell you why you don't like it. Nacho Wild said there was going to be 3D uh, experiences of, you know, the jungle stories and so on. But guess what happened? They couldn't figure out creating the content part. So that's why you don't like 3Ds because the content has not been created properly. Content creation killed 3D TV. And that's why you don't like it. Now, VR was beginning to go through that phase as well. Now, AR for a very long time went through this muddy waters, but thankfully, Pokemon Go came and, you know, the rest <laughs> is history. VR didn't really have that because the gaming part of VR is brilliant. You have, you know, gamers who are dedicated to, to VR, but it, didn't, it, it hasn't gone past that. And the reason is to do with content creation is that, you know, it's difficult to create content for VR. There's so much thought process that has to go into it, but then there's not enough of a community to embrace. And that's because if, you know, as a VR consumer, if I'm not getting enough of it, then I don't invest in it. So I'm not buying a headset if I'm only going to watch one program on it. So that's why it's not really taking off in the way it should, but it has tremendous amount of promise. And expressing the world in VR there's nothing like it. So, you know, so I saw that this was the problem that we were facing. And I remember working on a project and that project involved us um, creating a VR experience. And again, we ran into the problem that everyone else is running into with VR and that was content creation. So um, I, have a, I have a bit of a background in uh, machine learning. So I thought there were some ideas that I had in machine learning that I applied to um, uh, some of the VR software that I could lay my hands on. Yeah. And then, by God's grace, we're able to come up with, with printed and the rest is history because what printers allowed us to be able to do is to now take that experience and make it possible for people to be able to easily create, easily access and for content creators to easily monetize. And yeah, we think that that's, that's the route to immersive becoming mainstream. I, I love that. And, you know, I love when people have ideas or solutions or products that are really personal to their own experiences. And we talk we talk about this a lot as entrepreneurs, that some of the greatest ideas or products or services you have would actually be through your own pain or excitement. So that's right. I'm quite glad um, that that's how this came about. But then one of the things that we love to share on here is how do you go from, okay, I want to create this. I you know, you did mention, you know a bit about machine learning, mm. um, augmented world. Like how? I, That's I'm a brilliant question. Is, what we want is share with some of our listeners that may be sitting on their next big ideas when they don't know how to move forward. So what are the first few things that you do to get to this point? Oh, Debs, I'm really happy you asked this question because I get this question every day. Now, Printed is on my first rodeo with a startup. Um, and the lessons I learned with those previous experiences was helped shape this. So I'm happy to share this with everybody. So with Printed, I don't want to make the same mistakes I've made in the past. So not only have I been at a um, head of um, a startup, so 
you know, launching my own startup. I've also been part of a team of a startup and I've seen it from both sides and all the mistakes made, not only as a leader, but also as part of a team and um, is what helps shape this um, uh, printed. So some of the things that I had to make sure at the beginning that I uh, really, really took my time with was learning, learning what the problems are, but more importantly as well, learning how to seek help to solve these problems. And the problems may not even be to do with the product that you're working on. It could be with the industry. It could be problems with actually um, finding funding. It could even be uh, finding the right kind of knowledge base or the right, um, uh, how would I put it? You know, as, as, as founders, as uh, idea creators, we always, you know, sometimes need help with regards to understanding how to um how to navigate the market. So the first thing I did was to join an accelerator program. And I'm so grateful. Uh, you know, my accelerator program is all the way in Belfast. Which one? Which one? Uh, it was all the way in Belfast, Race Ventures. And I'm, I'm telling you, we wouldn't be here today without Race because they. It, that's, for me personally, if you ask me, that's one of the best places to nurture your, your idea because they, they are hands-on, full support. Even today, I had questions and I was able to just jump in a chat and have a conversation with the team and they are always more than ready to help. And, you know, funny story is they've actually got a new cohort um, starting in, in autumn. So I would advise anybody who's got an idea to put an application and, yeah, get on with it, you know, because I feel like it, it gives you a very strong foundation and not only that, like the way they operate with you is that it's, it's as if you have a, a whole separate team. Do you uh, have uh, to uh, go to Belfast or is it virtually? No, 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 virtually, virtually. But I'm going to be going to Belfast very soon just to go there physically. Uh, the, the pandemic prevented that. And, and I want to make sure that I'm physically with the team and, you know, just just have a day or two of, you know, just 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 being there and taking in the ambience and, yeah, just reliving the, the wonderful moments that we had virtually in person. Okay, so, um, let you know, the key point there is just accelerator programs. Yeah, know? accelerators, um, incubators. Incubators. But you need, you need good ones. You need the ones that have all the promise. Um, y Combinator is a good one. It's, it's American. Uh, you have a few in, the, in London as well, but, you know, I knew that my solution wasn't in London. So don't, don't be afraid to go to venture far. To find that great accelerator that you know what they do really fits what you need. Okay. Okay. If you need more information about accelerator programs, incubators, you can message me or I'll when I post this episode, I will put um, um Bernard's information on there. But what I want us to talk about now, Bernard, is um, you know, it sounds like you're busy. <laughs> it sounds like you're busy entrepreneur you're a busy startup and as a startup I can imagine you're in everything you're in the mm. finance call you're in the product mm. calls you're in the mm. operations call so let's That's lighten correct. up the mood a bit and just talk about um your daily routine you know yeah um how does your day start you know what would you have for breakfast for instance what would I have for um, breakfast, for breakfast? Today, I had a very, very hot coffee for breakfast. <laughs> but don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. I um, yeah. Actually, let me let me start with how my day starts. Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs have like a very rigid routine. 
uh, at this. In fact, what what time does it? Let's just say, what time does it start and what time does it end? A good question, because sometimes my my morning doesn't start. It's already started for the night before. But I would not advise anybody to do that. I, you need your rest. You need your sleep. You need to um to ensure that your brain is refreshed. But because at the moment I have I have offshore teams that I sometimes work with, and I sometimes jump on calls that uh, are the other side of the world. And thankfully, one of my guys is he he was actually in India. He's he's come round to join us now. So you know my sleep pattern has improved a lot since he's been back. But he actually kept an our time as well. So um, and that's a wonderful thing. But yeah, so my day usually starts with you know making sure that I I personally. I recalibrate myself, like, you know, with God, with my environment, with myself, you know, forgive myself of sins of the past, mm. pray to God for forgiveness for everything I've done wrong, and just let my day start. But then I always, you know, prepare myself to take it easy on yourself, you know, just ensure that you take this day as wonderfully as you, as you can. So, mm. um, and I, I think whenever my day does start, and sometimes it starts at like four in the morning, sometimes it starts at like, uh, six in the morning, just depending on yeah. you know what a seven star is. I like what you said there because about just um starting your day well, like reflecting, praying, mm. and I think that's one of the most hardest thing to do because sometimes you do want to just get up and just go on social media. And even me, I try my best to start my day listening to some motivational speakers. My favorite mm-hmm. one now is Les Brown. Nice. Listening to someone like him. Um, sometimes meditating in the morning, drinking tea in the morning, mm-hmm. and just giving yourself that 30 minutes just to gather yourself and say, oh, I can do this. That's <laughs> right, that's right. Okay, that's right. Prepare um, yourself. Yeah. And on corporate heart talk, one of the things that we really like to talk about is networking. And mm-hmm. you just talked to us about accelerator program and so on. I'm sure such platforms allows you to meet different types of people. But I always talk about networking on here a lot, just to say, you know, networking is so important. But I feel like a lot of us don't even know how to network because they say your network is your net worth. That's and right. I was going to say that. You read my mind. And I think that's such a strong quote. But at the same time, I think we might misunderstand that quote, thinking that everybody in our network is going to um, give us money or have value monetary value to us and in just talking about networking before I go in to ask you directly what does networking mean for you let's talk about your crowdfunding right now because Mm. network must be so important for you right now right because you're now on crowdcube and you're literally knocking on everybody's doors friends and family how has that experience been and maybe just share you know how the impact of your network in getting those coins 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 <laughs> so networking is absolutely crucial i like and the thing is the funny thing about it is we're always networking we just don't realize sometimes because every time you were babies you network with the doctor that brought you, you out <laughs> exactly so every time we interact with people we're networking it might not be a business network it might be a social network it might be uh, um, a family network, but we're always networking. So, and when we, when you have that in mind, I think it just makes whatever like because sometimes, when, especially when we're going to um, business network, there's always this um, anxiety that we sometimes have. Yeah. That you know, but we have to remember that all networking is a value exchange. Is that 
and sometimes the value might just be in conversation. Yeah. It might just be in, hey, as you date been, and you know, you yeah. exchange that, that kind of conversation. And yeah. if that network, you're able to tap in to like the needs of maybe the other person or they're able to tap into your needs and yeah. so on and so forth. But it's just that about that value creation um and, and the exchange of it. Have you seen your your networking muscles in your crowdfunding um journey? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I had to knock on every doors and the grandmas too. <laughs> no joke. But um, what I've had to do was um, yeah, tap into that network, get into my phone book, bring up people that I hadn't spoken to in a while, you know, and try to work my way to ah, can I get some money? You know, like. But what's wonderful about the networking is sometimes like, when you're memorable, people remember you, and those things are, are great because yeah. you can then use that as conversation starters and. So with um, the crowdfunding that you're doing now, do you mind sharing how much you've raised? What's your target? And let's just talk a little bit about the process of actually people funding you, investing in um, printed. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so we went live last week and we are almost at 80% of our raise. So that's really great. Uh, We're really excited about that. And obviously, we're always speaking to investors, always um, ask your question. So we're only raising 80K and the way we've set up this situation was for me, especially like being from the black community, um, I've spent a lot of time in other communities, the the Pakistani communities, the Jewish communities, um, other parts of the Asian communities. And I've seen the way they operate. And I I thought that could be really beneficial for us uh, in the African community to be able to do something similar. We need business opportunities to to really um, uh, increase our net worth. We need business opportunities to be able to uh, uh, enable ourselves. And um, so when this opportunity came, because we we had a bit of a government incentive, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that at some point, uh, called SCIS. And uh, what SCIS allows us to do is to enable our investors to get after money back off the government up to a certain amount. So 100K per company um, for the investor and 150K for the company in the entirety of the, of the investment. So, you know, by having that, I was very quick to run to my community to present that to my people and say, guys... What you're, what you're saying is if you were to put £10 down, you get that back. You get £5 back from HMRC oh. as either a tax credit or a tax return. So, I, I mean, there, there are some um, terms that you as the best have to meet, but, uh, you know, you can always find out my information. If you need my information, contact devs or contact myself. Yeah, we'll be able to, I'll okay. point you right in the right place. But, you know, so I wanted to get my community, uh, my, 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 my African and Asian community to, to be involved in it. So um, and for us, that was one of the key reasons we went to crowdfunding. I think from like our third month, we had a VC already... Um, involved with us and you know wanted to support our journey so we didn't necessarily need to go crowdfunding we could have just built ourselves up to the point where we're vc ready but we knew that this was just one of those things that if our community is able to benefit from it by by all means we need to present the opportunity to them mm. okay that, that sounds really good that's really good so um i think the idea that you can get a bit of your money back is good i think mm. Hmm. Um, Definitely. And our industry is a very promising industry. It's an industry that's set to explode to over 900 billion. And, you know, it was just a very unique opportunity that we thought, you know, definitely people are going to benefit from. 
Okay. And let's just play a game. Um, well, not a game. Let me just ask you this question. Um, where do you see Printed in five years? You know, for those that are thinking of investing or just, just helping now, where, where do you see... Because, you know, I think what's, for me, personal opinion, and it could be, you know, it could, I could be saying this out of naivety as well, is that with tech and stuff, every day is not the same. That's right. Every day That's changes. Right. The world now is going to be different in six months' time. That's right. It's so scary. So where do you see printed in five years? We see ourselves, because so right now we start off with music, A, for the short form factor of it, and two, for the ability to combine on-demand and live streaming experiences. Uh, but we want to expand beyond that. We want to go into, into retail. We want to go into education. We want to go into other aspects of, of, of society that, that can benefit immensely from things yeah. like this, other live events, um, kind of experiences. So we see ourselves doing a, a bunch of things and we, we're hoping of this, and we, we're actually very conservative in our approach. Like we're saying that out of this 900 billion new industry coming, we just want to carve maybe 1% of it for now yeah. and then grow from there. So for us, it's, it's imperative that, you know, that in the next five years, we will build a whole community of um of people that benefit that enjoy and share experiences um immersive experiences okay. also like for people that want to invest they want to fund you what why should they Bernard? why should they we are <laughs> sorry no nah, that's a wonderful question why and it's a question i always love to to answer so not only have we tripled our uh, community in the last uh, three months we have also you know we were currently being supported by the likes of IBM Google today we just got supported by Zendesk because they understand the potential of this market that we're going into this is a market that has been rumored that Apple's going to release a product in that really validates what we've been talking about for the last year uh, plus um, for us is is important because we have a strong team we have we have the vision, we have the driver, we have the resources now to be able to push forward to this future. And we know that immersive is going to be the new reality. And we want people to to embrace it with us and to to enjoy it yeah. with us. And you know, for me, just as a spectator, I just think I love what you said about education. You're mm-hmm. not a parent because you don't know what we us parents, what we've gone through mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Because if any, if any pandemic happens again or has we fizzed this one out? I don't know if, it, if we're fizzing it out, but um, it has been a very tough experience for parents trying to do online school. Indeed. And um, the children, especially my daughter, she was five, you know, this was her first year in primary school. Very lot of the five-year-old, it was crazy. I thought, is this right. the world that we're living in? My That's five-year-old, right. she literally mutes the court and walks around the room. She didn't have a shape. She's not interested. Not that she doesn't want to do education, but five-year-olds are supposed to be out there in the classroom, getting their hands in dirty. So with um, something like printed, if that everyday life um, learning experience could be translated for them virtually, that could be a really, really good one, especially if we, because now I think what we're thinking is, yes, we might not have, we, we, we never know, a pandemic, a pandemic always arises. We know that now. I think this is my first time experiencing one anyway. But I think we also need to have this kind of um, world where, yes, we've got a hybrid world now. Yeah, that's what they call it, mm. hybrid mm. world. We've got the norm. But, you know, if something happens, here's the virtual side. And I think education, I would love and be looking forward to see what 
organizations like yourself can do to 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 enhance the education experience especially during the times that we have gone through so absolutely absolutely let me just add a little bit to that i i i, I was uh i was lucky enough to spend a bit of time with my um niece and i saw her experience with the current um uh way they had to learn during the pandemic and that was one of the motivators for me for us to do something regarding education i feel like education could be a lot more fun be a lot more uh enriching could, could be a lot more immersive and i think you know that the, the, the kids can benefit immensely from that and like you said well we are heading into a hybrid world where you know, all the experiences can't be physical anymore because at any time, because remember now, if somebody were to test positive, that's everyone having to go for 10 <coughs> days in isolation. So yeah. life can't remain, life can't go back to the same again like it used to be mm. because now we have a threat, a threat that does just take you out for, for a day or two, a very uh, contagious threat that, that could take a bunch of people out for, for, for days. So, and we want to prepare for those kind of things. And we think that immersive experiences are one of those ways that this these issues can be managed more effectively because not only are we replicating what you do in reality, but we're making experience as 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 comfortable, as enjoyable for you as possible. Yeah. What's your favorite food? What's your favorite meal? Are you are you a tea or are you a coffee person? I'm a tea person. I drink. I'm a coffee tea. person. I'm, I'm, tea I'm a coffee diet. person. The only time I drink tea is for detox. No tea. I hate those. Love. <laughs> listen, we're Nigerian, but listen, a good English breakfast tea, like oh, I love it. So, um, what's your favorite meal? Listen, After a good day's work, we'll I'm a Nigerian. Nigerian. I'm a, I'm a Nigerian. So I'll say, it, when I'm in Nigeria, I want pounded jam. The one that they pounded, that someone sweated in. Yeah. That, that's the one I want. With that, a goosey. Ah, with a goosey soup. Oh, my God. I ring, I ring put, put, some beef, put some beef around it. Mm. Oh, man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. But in the UK, in the UK. Yeah, we get like that. <laughs> in the UK, I, I eat jello fries. That's my go to. And and for my listeners, jollof rice is basically it's like it's 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 just rice and tomato with chicken. Ah no 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 no! Don't do it justice. Let me describe what. Okay, let me do it. You do it. Take the floor. It's the best meal you could ever have in the UK (laughs) as an Nigerian. No, but let let me put it this way: like it's spiced at rice, and you know you have to. As a, as a true Nigerian, you have to put all the stuff. You have to put the prawns in. You have to put the the you know the uh, you have to put the peas in. You have to. Ah, okay, so that beautiful. doesn't sound like jollof rice. Jollof rice is plain. Yeah, yeah there's like this argument. This argument sometimes. This argument. This argument. Is this garlic? You're talking about? No, 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 no. Ghanaians <laughs> can't touch Nigeria. They know this. They know that. They, they know this. I, I said on my chest. Yeah, guys, we're so sorry we're going down this route, but you gotta do the hashtag. Jollof rice war. It's a thing. I'm telling you, it's a thing. It's a thing. And we're winning. We're winning. Ever since we embraced um um. The golden salad rice, the Ghanaians have not been able to touch us. The mm. Senegalese have not been able to touch us. Mm. Nobody can touch us but, anymore. But to be honest, and we talking about Africa, remember there's corporate heart of Africa as well, guys. So listen to my episode there. But talking about Africa, I really do hope we do much better than the food and we start doing greater stuff. You know, I'm happy, yeah, Nigeria's there with the jollof rice, but ah, 
it pained me when Twitter went to um, Ghana, not in a negative way, but I just thought, oh, oh, I thought they would have gone to Nigeria, but the Nigeria does censor people to have freedom of speech, so maybe that's why. Okay, let me just stop, let me not rant on here, but <laughs> let's move on. So, um. I'm glad that you're, you're you're doing your funding for Printed. Um, you started oh, this. And you've been doing this for two years now, right? No, we started printing in uh, the start of 2020. Okay. So, so um, one of the things I like to talk about in this on this um, podcast as well is is challenging when it comes to money, finance, mm, funding, and investment. Right. How has your experience been as a tech entrepreneur? But at the same time, as an ethnic minority, how has it been? Look, I mean, let's tell the truth, right? It's 10 times harder when you're an ethnic minority mm-hmm. to raise any type of fund, right? Even grants, because there's a way that, you know, grants, are, unless you hire a grant writer, you know, you writing a grant straight away, they will know that maybe this person is not. But that's besides the point. Let me get back to the point. The point is, it's a lot harder for us to, to, to get any type of funding. And, um, and for that reason, we need to, that means we have to do 10 times the work. We have to do 10 times the legwork, 10 times the runaround, 10 times the, the, the groveling that you know, is required to be able to secure the funds. And do you feel that you've done that for printed? Oh, absolutely. You're and more. And we're doing it. We're doing it daily. And every day is a different day. And it messes with your emotions as well, because sometimes I'm looking at the, I'm, you know, I'm all, I, I, I became a little bit obsessed, like just looking at the, uh, looking at that marker move. And um, yeah, sometimes it can be demoralizing when, you know, you're not getting the results of the hard work that you've put in, but you just got to stay determined, stay steely in your determination and just keep going at it. And, you know, as soon you're going to, you're, you're going to reach your goals because, and one thing I'm grateful for, especially in 2021, that there's starting to be a lot more black um, or ethnic minority investors, mm-hmm. ethnic minority or uh, investors who target ethnic minority businesses. That's and awesome. people are beginning to become a lot some? more Can open-minded. You give us some? Um, Impact Ventures is one, you know, and that's, um, that's a... Uh, Black investor. Um, I think there's another one called three by three or six by six. Um, yeah. Um, I'm, hold on. Let me let me let me get the name. No, no, don't worry. We'll 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 compile that on the list. That's right. That's right. We need okay. to. We need to. Um, and I I was knocking on that. But the thing is, we have to understand as well that you know, for some of them, they they have a lot of pressure on them um, from you know delivering a high growth high return businesses so sometimes you know they might not be able to accommodate everybody that comes knocking but they, they have a network that they're able to um introduce you to and enable you to to be able yeah. to tap into that network and uh, hopefully find the right kind of help that you need because sometimes often we think that what we need is is money it may not be money it may just be the guidance that we need mm-hmm. and these are these are companies these are um vcs um angel investors and um, investment offices that are very helpful uh, to um, uh, ethnic minority founders. Okay. And um, thank you for that. And I'm, I'm, I think that this has really cheered me up in this conversation because we are getting there. You know, there are people like ourselves investing and 
And I don't know, like, well, let's keep it real. Because one of the things that we do on here is keeping it real. Um, I'm sorry. Sorry to offend anybody. Um, one of my experience working at, and what I do, we always share experiences on here. I remember when I was dismissed university and I went for a job interview and I saw for the first, I don't know, I, I've, I've never been in working world, but I saw an ethnic minority like myself, it was a male. And we had to do a lot of exercises. And in my mind at that point, I thought he would help me out. You know, he would pick me. He was one of the decision makers of picking who would go to the next round. And I felt that he would pick me out. And he didn't. Mm. And I remember going and feeling really down, thinking, mm. oh, there's this sense that we feel that, um, I don't know how to put this politically, like, we feel that, okay, these are funds or these are services for maybe black people or you might think somebody might favor you more because you have the same social identity you look alike but then that may not be the case so it's so refreshing to know that we are now openly saying we know that these groups are marginalized and we now have these fundings for them and we have we now have the investors for them because sometimes you might say, well, it doesn't matter just because you're this or you're that doesn't mean you should have this. But I, I think the, the other way, I think, no, let's help those who we feel are marginalized. Let's help those, you know, I hear people that have businesses and they say things like, oh, mommy and daddy put 50K together for me. Not everybody has that opportunity. That's right. So that's it's right. so refreshing to hear that in your journey, you've actually, you're seeing the changes. Because we, we've, been, we've been doing this for a long time. That's you know, right. I, I that's know right. on a level. And just to say maybe five or six years ago, you, I don't think you would be able to give me three names. No, not at all. Not at all. Even, even, even four years ago. Even that time, two, let's, go back to, let's go back to BAM, 2014. Let's just start from 2014. Yeah, yeah no, nah, there weren't that many. You I just was... gave us three. So, and I feel that when you're listening to this, let's take on these opportunities. The, 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 it's time to stand right. up. It's time to take the reins. So go on. The, I, I will put the list out, so please go on it and so on. Okay, that was just my little thing. Um, Absolutely. And yeah. Um, yeah, we're grateful like, for having a lot more and the thing is, we were having a lot more black successes as well. There was a company, a, a black-led company that just raised a million from like the Monza investors. Like that's what we like to see. Like that's you know, what we like to see not only what we like to see. How do we do it? Sorry, sorry. What we need to do, we need to shaft out the bad eggs, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not going to be here to help, if we're not going to be here to help each other, everybody should go away. Like, I know people that they wouldn't they wouldn't openly share information like you just done with us today. They wouldn't. I think it goes back to our cultural background because remember that ever since we've been babies, it's been drilled into our heads. We've been indoctrinated to not trust anybody. Have you you know? Remember when you used to go um, visit? like your, your hometown and, you know, our parents would tell us, don't let anybody touch your head. Don't let anybody uh, uh, give you food. Don't let anybody give you water. Always make sure that, you know, wherever, wherever somebody says, you come and tell us, you, wherever they give you, you come and give it to us and so on and so forth. So we've always been raised to not trust anybody, to not willingly share information, you know, and that's kind of culture that's imbibed in us. So, uh, sometimes I understand when people don't feel the reluctance because we've been trained, we've been, we, we've been, we've been, um, 
what's that word? I'm trying to I'm trying to find the right word for this. But we we we've been conditioned to see everybody as competition. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when I go to the other communities, I see that that's not the case. You know, we understand that our economic impact is a lot more um, important than any trivial issues we might have with each other. And that's something that, you know, our community needs to learn a lot more. And we need to start embracing each other and embracing opportunities together and seeing all institutions as ways of elevating ourselves and ensuring that the future generations are able to benefit from the hard work that we're putting now. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I, I totally agree. So, um... We're gonna to have to round up now, but one of the, one of the questions I wanted to ask you as well is, especially for millennials, Gen Z, we all live on Instagram, which mm-hmm. is really bad, by the way. Like we all need to just get off that stuff because unless you're making mad money on it, like, there's really no reason for you to be on it that much. But the way people glamorize entrepreneurship, it's like you doing you you at nine to five. You have a manager. You're not a boss chick. You're not a boss man. Let's talk about that. What's that about? Oh, I have a lot to say. What what is the, you know, because being an entrepreneur is not a joke. It's not not a joke. And and the thing is, it shouldn't be for everybody. Like, and this is the thing. Let me, let me correct something. And I think we've taken one notion. I I think we've taken one notion and we've, um, we've skewed the idea of it. See, when people talk about it, uh, entrepreneurship, they're talking about being a boss. They're talking about being in control. They're talking about accountability. Now, let me address that. You can have that in any situation. And let me explain something as well, because people talk about this, this freedom. They talk about this freedom like it exists in its own bubble, like it's in its own vacuum. It's not. So, you see, what I would say to everybody is work every job that you're in. Whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you do a nine to five, work it like you own it. There's no point. And I, and I say this, take it a bit further, especially with the nine to fivers. Don't work for a company that you can't own shares in. Now, let me take that even further. That means if you work for a company, it's imperative for you to own some shares in that company. Now, let me address this. If you work for a big company, buy shares in the public market. If you work for a small company, negotiate your contracts so that you have options. If you work for the government, make sure that you're investing in this government. You're buying bonds and, you know, the, 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 the kind of opportunities that you're going to be able to, you know, screw away that, that money that will keep working for you. And that's what I would say to people. But you see this notion of you have to be an entrepreneur. You have to know. In fact, if you read the book of um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, who are the people that really in the upper echelon it's not the it's not the entrepreneur it's the investor and you can be an investor being a nine to fiver being an entrepreneur and if you're an entrepreneur you're not investing in your company in your future um, ensuring that you find security in your freedom and you find freedom in your security you're going to find that the hard times are going to wipe you out so my advice to anybody is Find what you want to do. Find what gives you joy. If that's working in an organization, as part of the organization, work that job like that, like you own that job. Exactly. And, 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 and the rest for you with peace and love. And, and I think as well, we need to like, yeah, like I've always had this tug of war, working in time, having my own business. When you're an entrepreneur, it's not as glamorized as people make it. It's not, at all. It's dirty, it's grimy. I I just talk about my sleep pattern. 
I was doing like CRM and businesses and I was calling people every day. I wasn't getting business or when I did, you know, it's, you know, so, and also my biggest point I want to make before I move forward is we've got to divide and conquer guys. That's right. Some of us needs to be employees. And right. some of us need to work to the top. So when someone like you and me bring great ideas to big organizations, someone like me is there as a big investor that understands your struggle. If we're all just running off to start our own hair company, who are we going to go? You know, the more people we have in these establishments that understand that, oh, these are the problems in the black community or these are the problems in this. Or this. When those proposals come in, we will get it. Because guess what? I've been working here for a long time. So I know that, oh, this is an issue in the community. So let me talk to my manager or my my, 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 my partners to invest in that. So we need to have the attitude of dividing and conquering. So let's just... Let me, let me add to that as well. Let me add to that. Like I said to everybody, I've been in other communities. Now, let me start an example. I have a very close friend. He's a banker. His brother is a plumber. Let me explain something to you. Now, when you go to the bank to get the loan or the mortgage, right? Guess what? You have to go to the builder, the plumber, to help you do the renovations, to help you redesign it, to help you do the interior design. So they got this unlocked. So within one family, you've got everything you need to get a house up to state, up to order. And that's the kind of things that they do in this community. It's that they ensure that every place is secured and they work so hard so that they can bring other people in. Mm. And this is something that our community needs to do more of, bring other people in, you know? And um, the more we do that, the more we find that economically we'll thrive better, we'll do better. This this competitive attitude that we have, like I need to be the richest guy in my street. We need to start changing that because the way to be the richest guy in your street is to create the most opportunities in your street. Yeah. So we've come to the end. We always say to everybody, what is the one, and before you answer, I will tell you what mine is. Okay. Um, what is the one career advice? This this career advice has to be for anybody. Mm-hmm. You could be working in McDonald's. You could be working at um, 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 the biggest oil company, refinery company, whatever. But the question is, what is the one career advice you give to anybody? And mine is always, and I say it's one of my career advice, and I'm trying to live by it, but sometimes I'm not, but it's don't sell yourself short. Mm. That's I, I and and if you're if you are a great listener of Corporate Heart Talk, you know I say this every episode. Don't sell yourself short. You know, Bernie, you've read my mind because I was going to say exactly the same thing, but another word, accountability. Mm-hmm. See, that word yeah, gets, gets banded around so much, but I don't think a lot of people, they, a lot of people understand it. A lot of people don't let emphasis on it. Let me emphasize accountability. See, accountability can understand of one person, and that's whoever's in control of the situation, who's in control of the organization, who's in control of, you know, uh, how the future of the situation is going to turn. Responsibilities can be shifted. And responsibilities can be delegated, but accountability can't. So wherever situation you're in, whether you're a janitor or whether you're a, um, I don't know, whether all you do every day is to is to um, uh, let, me, let me let me look at one of the most fun things to do. Maybe all you do every day is to paddleboard. Accountability is everything. Mm. Mm. I like that one. Accountability. Okay. 
I like that one. Um, yeah, I've never, we've never heard that one before, but yeah, accountability. And yeah, that's a tough one because a lot of, we like to play, we like to put blame a lot. Okay. So I can talk to you the whole day, Bella. Awesome, yeah. We have to go. And um, just, do you have anything you want to add? Maybe websites or anything that you want um, our listeners to know about printed? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, go visit our website. Are we the, the word printed is spelled P-R-Y-N-T-D and it's not XYZ because of, of course XYZ it just speaks for itself because we really the possibilities are limitless and that's why it's XYZ. So printed XYZ, go there, enjoy. I uh, will love a feedback and comments. And yeah, we just we just want to make the world a lot more immersive and we want you to join us on that yeah. journey. Thank you. And I just want to say this, you know, um, a lot of people are fatigued at the moment. Um, the pandemic, life. Do you have anything inspirational? Or do you have a little poetic? Because Bernie is a, is a... I go to church with this man. I used to go to church with him. He's good at the word. So please, please, share some poetic words for us to just keep us alive. <laughs> oh, wow. You just, put, you just put me on the spot. I know. Sorry. Okay. Sometimes the journey of life makes us wonder why. The strife. Sometimes the hype. The ups and downs. Sometimes things not going the way we like. We just want to turn on the light in our minds and see the goodness in us and emanate that so the world can see this and follow us on a journey, on a journey of depth, on a journey to understand what we're having and what we hold best. We just want to be able to turn around the tides so it flows in our favour, the ebbs and the flows, the ups and the downs, the rights and the lefts, and all the things that we have left. And indeed, we're looking in depth at our souls to find a way to our goals. And sometimes that can be gold, but it's usually something we can hold and pass on when we're old. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bernie. That was so lovely. You see, this is why we bring we bring awesome people like Bernie on the <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Record that because I made it up. <laughs> Thank you so much. But well, listen, awesome guys, it's been <laughs> a great session. And, um, you know, once again, thank you so much, Bernie Amalafe, for coming oh, on. We really appreciate it. Wow. And um, um, I don't say this enough, guys, and um, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know where you're at, but all I can say is keep going and your big break is around the corner. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to Deborah's Corporate Heart Talk. You can visit my website at www.deborah.tech. Follow me on all social media platforms at Deborah's Heart Talk. And to get involved in all the conversations, please hashtag Deborah's Heart Talk. And remember, guys, keep going and your big break is around the corner. Until next time, bye-bye.